from our A-League to the English Premier League. From the man you read to a Brazilian named Fred. From the Socceroos to the latest round ball news. From Harry Kill's tattoo to Cantona's Kung Fu. Want to hear the best world football show on the planet? Well, stand in queue. For Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Get behind your local club. Muchas gracias, for Diego's. Welcome, amigos. This is the Four Diego's across Australia. My name's Carlos Alberto Diego. With me today is Vinny Venezuela, Donny Dominguez, and Warren Diego. We are four blokes who love our world footy, and we want to tell you all about it. So, Vinny, what have we got on the show for listeners tonight? Thank you very much, Carlos. Well, tonight we share a very special soft sombrero moment with CEO of the FFA, Ben Buckley. Warren takes a run-up and slams a ridiculous coaching change at Newcastle United in his UK scene. And on debut, Donnie gives you his wrap of the Melbourne Derby in his A-League update. And Vinny talks about forgiveness in football in his global scene. And there's the latest hot topics from the world of the global game. We talk airless footballs, airhead footballers and dead air in West Sydney and much, much more. So all you sensitive hooligans out there, hang on to your sombreros. Coming up, it's the lowdown on the Melbourne Derby. Donnie will tell us all about it. So stay tuned. Across Australia, this is the Four Diego's. Triple M. Taste the Perth glory. Hear the Brisbane roar. For Hyundai A-League, fan made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. You're with Carlos, Vinny, Donny, and Warren on the 40 Diego's across Australia. You can join us right here every Sunday night for your dose of world football, Diego style. Coming up, another manager bites the dust at Newcastle in the UK. But first, Donny, what's the latest in the A-League? Well, thank you, Carlos. Uh, on Friday night, Adelaide United, they defeated North Queensland Fury 2-0. Last night, Gold Coast United defeated the Wellington Phoenix 2-0. And also, of course... It was the Derby. Yes. Round two of the Derby, and bragging rights went to Melbourne Victory with a 3-1 win over the heart. Tell you what, I felt like I was at the FFA's final presentation to FIFA. There was paparazzi <laughs> everywhere last night. Grant Hackett, yes. John Bon Jovi, and Anthony LaPaglia. And Warren, Johnny, Bon Jovi, call him Johnny, he gave us a wave. <laughs> the pistol. <laughs> Don't forget that Viduka was there as well. Yes, he was. The big V-bomber, he was there. Still deciding who he's going to play for next year. But <laughs> it certainly was Archie Thompson. He was the, uh, the rock star of the night. He made two goals. Didn't score one himself, no, but Robbie, mm. Robbie Cruz, a bloke who you reckon is pretty soft, Warren, scored himself a brace last night. He's so. very skillful, Robbie Cruz. I just don't think he likes the physicality of the contest, Carlos, but he was great last night. If the derby teaches you one thing, you don't put Costa Ricans in the wall. <laughs> they don't do walls. It's in their contract. We don't do walls. Of course, you're talking about Carlos Hernandez. Carlos Hernandez. And he doesn't like to jump to meet the ball. Marvin Angulo, neither. He doesn't like to jump either. And more to the point, though, Petkovic was just completely lost. He was just... <laughs> the poor guy was completely lost. And he does all the good things that all good goalkeepers do when the ball goes into the back of the net, blame the wall. <laughs> exactly That's right. right. Muskie, it is in the twilight of his career, obviously his last year before he retires, he was calm and composed. But a bit of a strange thing, I think, is when he either comes on or off the ground, he always does the, uh, the sign of the cross. Yep. Just a message for Kev, you're still going to hell, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that, that is a harsh message there, Carlos. Well, you know, sins of the past. You can't wipe them out after doing just a couple of crucifix, uh, the, the old crosses. But, uh, but look, it, it was a great game. Victory, certainly the better side in the night. Uh, defended well. Hart, very blunt up front. Johnny Aloisi, thinking like he did uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but he's not certainly moving that way at the moment. I was going to say, Carlos, Kevin Musket apparently has got the parish priest in the rooms. <laughs> <laughs> he does confession straight away. And I would say that if you were uh, Adelaide or if you were the Gold Coast or if you were the Queensland Raw, I think the victory of a ghost in the room as far as the finals are concerned. Certainly up front, Carlos Hernandez, 
Robbie Cruz and also Archie Thompson. They were the difference from the first derby to the second derby, and I think the victory will build in the second half of the season, and no that, doubt. So I was going to say, that first goal that they scored, like you knew Carlos was going to give it to Archie, and the heart were just watching that happen. They were, they were asleep. And if you're John Van Schip, apart from worrying about your suntan, you'd be very <laughs> worried about what's going to happen in the last nine games. They've come off four losses in the last five. You know, this was admittedly this was tough. This was the third game they were doing in a week. But uh, they weren't sharp at all last night. Yeah, there are a few holes in the ship at the moment, and they've got to find a way to hold the leaking boat. And the other thing with the heart, you just get a sense that when they go a goal down, as much as they play really good football, it's just putting the ball in the back of the onion bag that's the problem. Donnie, the celebration of football last night at Amy Park, 23,000 people. I thought it was closer to 28, but anyway, well, let's not argue about the numbers. Great night. Didn't rain last night, which is fantastic. Full house. Uh, two sets of supporters, very passionate about their team. I thought it was a fantastic advert for the A-League. It mm. was. Version 2, I think, of the derby was better than version 1. It's only going to build. And the Eddie had game, which is victory's next home game, should be huge too. Thanks so much, Donnie Dominguez. On debut, nice little performance oh. there. More of Donnie later on. On the show coming up, Warren slams the coach seconds at Newcastle in the EPL. So stick around across Australia. This is the 40 Diego's. Triple M. Feel North Queensland's fury. Get Adelaide United for Hyundai A League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the 40 Diego's on Triple M. If you want to get in touch with the Diego's, drop us a line at diego's at 4diego's.com. That's F-O-U-R-D-I-E-G-O-S.com. You can also join us at Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 4diego's. Coming up, Vinny gives us the latest on the gelled one Ronaldo. But first, let's talk EPL football. Warren, another manager is sacked at Newcastle. They say that 24 hours a long time in football, Carlos. And this segment, 24 hours ago, I would have been absolutely bagging Alan Pardew even more than what I am going to do right now because Newcastle happened to play overnight and get a win against Liverpool. Of course, Alan Pardew is a new manager of at course. Newcastle. Now, Newcastle have had six or seven managers, depending on which paper you read in the last <laughs> three and a half years, which is a fair effort by anyone's estimation. And they did the ridiculous thing during the week, can I say, in getting rid of Chris Houghton and putting in Alan Pardew. Now, in all football teams, you need class players, you need mid-range players, and you need hacks, Carlos. Alan Pardew falls into the category of hack manager, yet he's been espoused as being the saviour at Newcastle. It's the old uh, out with the uh, new and in with the old philosophy at Newcastle, yeah? It yeah, is. but also, I want to know who Pardew's agent is, because <laughs> I want him as my agent. Well, Mike Ashley, the owner of Newcastle's his agent, he's apparently oh. great mates. Look, you talk about putting coaches in categories. Chris Hewton's a caretaker coach, will always be a caretaker coach. He's a bloke who was born with witches hats in his crib. In fact, I'm surprised that when he was sacked, he himself wasn't caretaker manager taking over from himself. Carlos, how is he going to learn to, you know, if he doesn't get time? You know, you've got to give people a year in the Premier League just to find their feet. But he's always going to be a caretaker coach. Oh. He, he, with all the previous coaches that Warren was talking about have been sacked, he's always replaced them and done a good job. You know, a plucky sort of a job. He was never respected as a full-time manager, and it was just a matter of time. So not unlike Roy Hodgson at <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> well, he's not quite an uncle yet, Uncle Roy, but look, he's a guy. And look, the sad thing here is I don't think he'll ever get a job again because uh, unless you're looking for a caretaker manager, he will not get another position in the EPL. Was the wrong man sacked this week in the Premier League? Oh, I think there was. The wrong man was definitely sacked. But it's interesting. Mike Ashley, he's the quintessential Novocastrian from the northern part of England. Fat gut. Beer in hand. He's made a dollar or two with internet sports businesses. But I almost think there should be a rule in terms of ownership. If you get rid of four managers in three years, you automatically forfeit your right to own the team anymore. But what's wrong with an owner who actually doesn't spend any money, sacks coaches at a whim for fun, 
and still get some promoted. And still, they're in mid-table, and they're going to be safe this year. They beat Liverpool overnight. So, you know, maybe that's the new style of ownership that uh, sides with not a lot of money should adopt. Carlos, that model can't last because at some point that owner becomes Roman Abramovich, and it's, uh, <laughs> the world's gone mad. It was interesting because we're talking about the wrong manager being sacked. There are a few that are under pressure, and Jared Hulia, who has come into Aston Villa as a bit of a saviour. It was interesting during the week, Carlos. He actually talked about the fact that he was happy to lose a game because <laughs> he lost it to the club that he used to manage. Now, the problem in the Premier League, if we had that happening, there'd yep. be so many managers happy to lose because they've been at all these clubs before. Apparently, the Aston Villa fans didn't take kindly to those words either, by the way. They're not happy with Gerard. Of course, he's another uncle, mm. Gerard Julia, a former Liverpool manager from way back, achieved nothing with him. In fact, Warren, you were defending him to the hilt. He just achieved nothing in his stint. He won Liverpool. a triple of kissing your sister cups, Carlos, that's all. <laughs> but I also say the, the Aston Villa fans were not too pleased about Julia going over and waving to the Liverpool fans. Yeah. I think they started to stone Gerard as he came off the pitch. Well, it remains to be seen what happens with Newcastle, whether the Mike Ashley plan works going forward. Thanks very much, Warren. Coming up, Vinny talks about a secret meeting in Milan, so stay tuned across Australia. This is the Four Diego's. Triple M. Taste the Melbourne victory. Get on board the Central Coast Mariners. For Hyundai A-League fan made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. Vinny, a famous World Cup feud could be over. Yes, yes. Uh, look, as we know, that the, the hottest gots to have her Nimi Belladonna in world footy <laughs> since 2006 is Zinedine Zidane's sister, Zidana. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, forget having Al McPherson at your World Cup bid. Zidana yeah. looks just like uh, Zinedine, but has all the good bits. <laughs> now, uh, in 2006, Matarazzi, during the game, the final, you know, famously said something about Zidana, and Zinedine, the brother, defended her honour, and just headbutted him, compressed Marco's chest. <laughs> yes. And basically, uh, Marco hasn't been the same ever since, and there was an opportunity to seek forgiveness. And uh, basically, he was at a hotel, and they said, Marco, don't go out there. Zidane is parking his car. You don't want a repeat. He said, no, no, I'm going to go. So he went out bravely to uh, meet with Zidane, and he said, uh, we said things that only he and I know about. <laughs> Let's say I spoke more than him. And at the end, when he extended his hand, I held it tight. It was soft and smooth, smelt of coconut. <laughs> and I didn't let it go until he looked me in the face, which is what I wanted. That's how it went. It was nice for me. Not sure about him. Bastard still didn't give me her number, though. <laughs> <laughs> but has it been, uh, has been cleared up whether Zidane's system's on the market yet? Uh, has Matarazzi got any you know, I don't think any he's got a, didn't get the number, Carlos. Yeah. Didn't get the number, but uh, you can only hope. It's a funny game. Uh, next up, it's more of Vinny Venezuela. He asks the question, who is the most hated man in football? This is the Four Diego's across Australia. Triple M. Feel the Melbourne heart. Soar with the Newcastle Jets. The Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. And you can join us right here every Sunday for your dose of World Football Diego style. Coming up, it's a special soft sombrero moment with CEO of the FFA, Ben Buckley. But first, Vinny, what's news on the global front? Oh, look, uh, he's averaging a goal a game at Real Madrid, Carlos, uh, boys. He's been the player of the year. He should be feeling the love, but I don't think he is. I am, of yep. course, talking about the gelled one, yep. a.k.a. CR7, a.k.a. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo at The step-over king is the in step trouble, is king. Well, who's, who's talking ill of uh, the step-over king? You know you've got your enemies in the world game when the players have a crack at you, but when the referees <laughs> start saying that you're annoying... <laughs> I don't know where you go to from there, but uh, FIFA referee Klaus Bo Larsen has branded Cristiano the Geld one the most annoying player he's ever officiated against in his career. Yeah, Klaus Bo. Klaus Bo. 
Not a bad porn name. <laughs> when did he stop becoming human, Vinny? Was it... Because the early times at Manchester United, he was human. There was an effervescence, uh, you know, an innocence to Cristiano. Was it when he threatened to leave Man U for the first time? Is that when he stopped becoming human? I think he lost a lot of respect when he bottomed that ball. You remember yeah, a little The arse pass. The arse pass, yes. yes. The arse pass, he lost a lot of respect. Yeah, amongst his own peers. He exactly. Did. That's, that's dangerous when you start losing respect amongst your peers. But I think, just to answer Warren's question, I think he started getting beyond human. Speaking about himself in the third person, Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. Just think Keanu Reeves in Matrix. The step over, he almost does it above the ball these days. It's so quick that it's Matrix-like. No, Carlos, I think it was Ball of God when he um, dobbed Wayne Rooney in for sort of having a go at Cavallo's crotch and he got him sent <laughs> off. I think that upset a lot of people over mm. there with Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. But not a fan. Uh, Klaus Bogue said uh, he's always out there to get a cheap free kick, especially at home. We tend to talk before the game about how he would go down so easily. Cristiano is given a clean slate at the start of every game, but when he would lie down after falling to win a free kick, he would smile at me because he knows I don't fall for his theatrics. You're allowed to simulate if you're that good. Donnie, you're, you're no way, No way. No way. No, Carlos, that, the simulation equals corporal punishment. <laughs> yep. It doesn't matter whether you're Ronaldo, whether you're a hack on a weekend league, simulation equals corporal punishment. I'll go one further. Simulation plus Castro lads. <laughs> exactly. Plus the thumb-sucking goal celebration, which he did this week. Yeah. That's corporal punishment. Get a new celebration too. The thumb-sucking's been out there for a long time. Lots of other players. This is why people hate you, Cristiano. I don't know a person. I've not met a person who loves a thumb-sucking celebration. He's got to go. He's got to leave Real Madrid. He's yeah. poison. Yeah, Carlos has done that a few times. <laughs> By the way, the gelled one is playing career best football. Yeah, he's, no, he's up, gold. Great he's player. He's up at the level of the 42-goal season that Man U, where he and uh, Fergie are really bonded yeah. forever over but, that uh, one. They actually text each other. Where, where was he at El Clasico? He didn't show up for that. He took mm. a couple of free kicks and he, he just went missing. Not a big game. I'll put it yeah. out there that he's not always a big game player. Mm. We've said that for a long time. No one <laughs> in the Real Madrid showed up for that game. That was just a shocker. Crazy. Just uh, very quickly, if you had nothing to do for the rest of the weekend and uh, you just were looking for a reason to hate Barcelona, <laughs> which is very difficult to do at the best of times, they've just signed a third 30 million euro deal until 216 with the Qatar Foundation, the, the sworn enemies of Australia now. You're pretty lucky to be sponsored by a country. So it's a good <laughs> effort by Barcelona. In fact, they're charging nothing from UNICEF and then they go completely the other way. It's good to see that they haven't lost their corporate instincts. Yep. Are the Qatar Foundation uh, promoting the 2022 World Cup for success? Is that what that is? Uh, look, I think it's sort of a... a positive sort of charity type organisation that does good things in Qatar yep. and, and so I don't want to diminish from their good work in Qatar but I think that they just need a bit of rebranding because I don't like anything from Qatar at the moment. <laughs> but if you're doing good things in Qatar, why are you spending so much money in Spain? <laughs> <laughs> because then they gave get. you their votes. <laughs> that I don't get. That was a vote swapping thing, Donnie. Must have been. You may have missed Must that, have been. Uh, Vinny Venezuela, thank you very much for that uh, terrific global update. We'll keep an eye on the gelled one, uh, the Matrox uh, step over king in uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Always a favourite in Diego's. Uh, that's uh, Vinny Venezuela. Coming up, we uh, grill the CEO of the FFA, Ben Buckley. So stay with us across Australia. This is the 40 Diego's. Triple M. Rise with the Wellington Phoenix. Get Gold Coast United. For Hyundai A-League fan made. Get behind your local club. It's the 40 Diego's on Triple M.
If you want to get in touch with the Diego's, drop us a line at diegos at fordiegos.com. That's F-O-U-R-D-I-E-G-O-S.com. You can also join us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash fordiegos. Coming up, Warren talks about soft footballers who can't hack the cold. But first, with the World Cup bid failure and question marks over the A-League, it's been a tumultuous couple of weeks in Australian football. To talk to us today about the fallout and the way forward, please, a big Fordiegos welcome to CEO of the FFA, Ben Buckley. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Good afternoon, fellas. I'm Carlos Alberto Diego. Uh, You've spent two years of your life travelling and selling Australia's World Cup credentials to FIFA. We all know that was a sad outcome, but you're back home, you're over your jet lag, you're clear-headed. Well, we think you're clear-headed anyway. In hindsight, is there anything you could have done differently over the last two years? Look, I think, um, as you always reflect on two years of work, there's probably little things that you would change from here to there, but ultimately we were very proud of the bid we put forward. And it was certainly recognised as uh, in the top one or two technical bids. And, you know, that's something I think all Australians uh, and sports fans in Australia could be proud of. Now, Ben, when you retire and you sit down, you have a bit of a dinner party and somebody around the table mentions the word Zurich, (laughs) will will you shudder or will you remember the process and what's happened fondly in terms of you know, the honesty of the of our beard and, and everything like that? I think I might just ask for another glass of wine. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, look, there's no doubt that it was an uh, exciting project and to, to be involved in. And, you know, there's no bigger prize in world sport than the World Cup. So it was certainly worth the effort. It was worth the resources that went into it. It was worth, the, you know, the time that uh, people uh, like the chairman, Frank Lowy, and other members of our board and other members of our management team put into it. So we'll look back on the, you know, the process with, you know, some fond memories, but clearly we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve and that, that's disappointing and mostly it's disappointing for football fans in Australia because we all know that Australia would uh, do a wonderful job in hosting a World Cup. Ben, Vinny Venezuela here. Is the lesson uh, from this bit that uh, we need to watch more episodes of Survivor before we go into it? <laughs> and... yeah. Well, there's certainly elements survivor that uh, probably play pretty well into into that sort of process but look ultimately we had to you know you had to get uh, 12 votes and uh, we just were weren't able to do that now Ben talking of those votes the Diego's are really hurting Frank is hurting you're hurting the whole of Australia is actually hurting and even the Poms are in a lot of pain and at times like this the Diego's reckon revenge is a great way of coping with that hurt now how are you going to deal with those FIFA execs who promised but didn't deliver. Well, I think the best way is to to win the World Cup in 2022. That would be a, a nice irony to to have a team that's good enough to compete, and not only make the finals, but but actually win the World Cup. So I know um, in the room after the decision was handed down, uh, Lucas Neal was there, and he he uh, gave a quite a stirring uh, little speech to our assembled group, who were quite dejected, as you would imagine. Um, you know, and his his focus was all about winning the Asia Cup and, you know, building a, a system that can win the World Cup in 2022. So maybe that's going to be our ultimate revenge. Ben, let's take a break. Coming up, it's more of Ben Buckley. Stick around. Across Australia, this is the Four Diego's. Triple M. Get with Sydney FC for Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. You're with Carlos, Vinny, Donny and Warren and we're chatting to CEO of the FFA, Ben Buckley. Ben, it's Carlos. Congratulations on your contract extension at the FFA. Frank loves you, as do the Diegos, but the love, unfortunately, is not universal. According to some, such as uh, SBS commentator Craig Foster, you lack the passion, the oomph, 
apparently the sex drive too <laughs> to uh, to run the game because you've never played the game in Australia. What's your view of Fozzie's comments? Oh, look, frankly, I don't spend a lot of time uh, dwelling on it. You know, I don't think any of us spend a lot of time giving much credence to what Craig says. You know, he's one of many commentators. His views are his views. I don't think they're always widely accepted. And we focus on the job at hand, not responding to pretty petty criticisms. Now, Ben, the, the FFA's come out and said the focus is now on the A-League for a period of time. And perhaps last night's fixtures were the greatest contrast in terms of the challenges faced by the A-League. In Melbourne, you had 23,000 people turn up to a derby, and it was an actually fantastic occasion. But on the Gold Coast, we had another small crowd. What's the thing that's going to bring crowds of ten to 20,000 for every game that we play? Yeah, well, that's really where our focus has to be from here on in, now that the World Cup bid is behind us. I think ultimately it's about two things. One, you know, there's a huge participation base out there, and we've got to work harder at converting the players and those people who are interested in football, whether it's you know, European leagues or their own participation, we've got to convert them into to coming to A-League matches because ultimately for football to be successful, it has to have a strong and vibrant A-League competition and it needs people who are football lovers to come out and really become loyal members of their local community team or local city team. We need to work hard with clubs to do that. We need to spend more from a marketing perspective in helping achieve that. But ultimately, the success of these A-League clubs is going to come from you know, that big participation base out there coming out and supporting their clubs. Speaking of which, Ben, um, it was very sad to hear that the uh, Sydney Rovers from Western Sydney, which of course is the heartland of football in this country, couldn't get the capital together to make that team fly. And it was a consortium made up of former players who had made it big in business. It's very disappointing for the Diegos to see that happen. Um, what's next? Have you got somebody else in Western Sydney that you're moving to talk with? Well, I don't think we should see this as a, a long-term setback. It's a temporary setback. We have a at the top of our agenda, a team in the western part of Sydney will continue to work hard to find the right investor group to make that happen. I think the good thing is that there was a lot of strong support for the Rovers to put a team in. Unfortunately, they didn't raise the capital, but you know we've got some other interested parties, and we hope that we can turn that into a you know a new team, uh, whether it's next year or the year after. So. For those fans out there who want a team in West Sydney, I can assure you we'll be working very, very hard to make sure that'll happen within the next one to two years. Ben, thanks for joining us today. You've got a big job ahead of you. Good luck with all your work, uh, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. That was a special soft sombrero moment with CEO of the FFA, Ben Buckley. Next up, Warren has a crack at soft players, so stay tuned. This is the Four Diego's across Australia. Triple M. Taste the Perth glory. Hear the Brisbane roar. For Hyundai A-League, fan-made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. Warren, you've got a problem with players who can't hack the cold. Soft, Carlos, soft. <laughs> Not you. World footballers. I can hack the gloves, sort yeah. of. I can hack the skins. I can hack the thermos. But I can't hack the new revolution, which is the turtleneck sweater yep. underneath the football tops. It's just ridiculous they've got to understand it's an outdoor game if i had my way carlos i'd be going back i'd be making them wear shorts from the 70s yep you know where you saw the whole package and they were really cold get rid of the soft stuff now warren it's not often i agree with you on this one i do i mean what's next is it the long johns 
the, the Nike branded long johns? Is it the earmuffs? Is it the lumberjacket? Do they bring the lumberjacket back? Is it the Vicks vapor rub on the chest with the, when they've got the tight chest? I mean, they are soft. They get paid millions of dollars. Run around with your normal gear on in the cold and play football. That's what I say. I don't know who it was, but some guy this week was uh, maybe a Champions League player. He had a, sh- a short sleeve T-shirt and gloves. Yeah, which was a bit, uh, you know, contradictory. But, and the tur- and they're now branding the corporate <laughs> tour turtleneck sweater that the players are wearing, which could be why they're actually doing it. But I, but I think you've got to be a little bit careful here. We've got some African players. We've got people from other climates who just ain't used to this English weather. Well, I don't care, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Warren, we'll keep an eye on that one. Of course, it's chicken soup at half time too. That's coming up very soon. But next up, football technology gone mad with Donny Dominguez. He'll tell us all about it. Stay with us across Australia. This is the 40 Diego's. Arriba! Triple M. Feel North Queensland's fury. Get Adelaide United for Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the 40 Diego's on Triple M. Welcome back. This is the 40 Diego's Across Australia. You're with Carlos, Vinny, Donny and Warren. Donny, what's the latest in football technology? There is the C-Trust, C-T-R-U-S. And for all you techo heads, if you're interested, get out there to destroyafteruse.com forward slash C-T-R-U-S and go to a ball. It is the first airless soccer ball. It's clear. It has position detection technology in it. It has a point of view camera. Yep. It changes colours when it crosses the goal line or goes outside. It is the ant's pants. You've, got, you've actually got a snap in your shorts. Oh, over, I do. You? This is the sort of thing that gives me a snap in my shorts, Carlos. <laughs> it really does. A snap at the foot, a snap in my shorts. Yeah, he also wears turtleneck sweaters, I dare say. <laughs> Why not just let's go back to the ball made of paper back in Brazil where the games, the rags that are just pieced together. Don't worry about this. That's how Maradona learnt the game. Exactly. This is the Jabalani of the future. (laughs) Oh, this is the uber Jabalani, this one. This one is fantastic. No more arguments over goal lines. No more arguments out of bounds. It is fantastic. And I want one. Carlos, I want one. (laughs) I'm surprised you haven't created one yourself, Donny, because you you are a tech head yourself. You know what? It actually measures force and travel speed. Yep. Can do all of that stuff. It's amazing. Can it do your tax as well? <laughs> I reckon it could. I reckon it makes a mean latte as well if you let it. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one. I'm sure that uh, Qatar will come up with a better version in 2022 too. Thanks very much, Warren. Thanks very much, Vinny. Thanks, Donny. I'm Carlos Alberto. Remember, for your dose of world footy, tune into the Four Diego's right here every week. If you want to contact us, drop us a line at diego's at fourdiegos.com. That's f o u r d i e g o s dot com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Four Diego's, and check out our podcast at fourdiegos.com. And check out the Ben Buckley interview today. Controversial. A lot of information there. So remember, Vinny. Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll be there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. We'll be there. Wherever there's girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. We'll be there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll be there. We are the Diego's. Olay. Olay. Triple M.